Great to have you with us. And today I have singer-songwriter Rachel Drew, and she's going to jump right in and start off with a song. What are you going to play for us, Rachel? I'll play Please Don't Wake Me Up or Bring Me Down. up a rainbow 700 feet off the ground Please don't wake me up Bring me down If I start to fall and I want to hear you calling telling me I'm near the ground Please don't wake me up Bring me down Cause I am flying higher than you A thousand feet off the ground I'll be flying higher than this Fantastic. And folks, she survived capers coming up and <laughs> checking her out, shaking her fur. And you have a dog that looks exactly like your dog. Rachel just showed me the picture of her dog. What's your dog's name? Jack. Jack. Uh, we'll have to get Jack and capers together oh. uh, at some point because I bet you they would enjoy each other. He would love her. <laughs> it just was uncanny to see how <laughs> how much they look like each other tell the audience i always like to ask why this guitar this seagull guitar that you're playing tell us a little bit about it what's the provenance on it is this something you've had your whole life no i bought this eight years ago something like that at guitar exchange and i found it because I was looking for something with a small enough body that mm -hmm. it didn't stress my shoulder at all, where it's lightweight and it had a light tone, something that I could just sit and strum comfortably and write on. And this one called to me. Unfortunately, it fell out of my car within a month of getting it. It just fell out in its case out of the way back in, uh, into the cement floor and it was cold and so it cracked so I've it's been repaired but I've had this cracked softwood guitar all this time and I enjoy it it works for me a cracked guitar I have no problems with <laughs> right. it's the mark of a, a real journeyman getting out there and the guitar's are meant to be used, I think. And you certainly use that nicely. It's got a great tone to it. And it seems well broken in. So the fact that it survived that episode 
and still is your acts of choice is very cool. Tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Are you from Illinois originally? I am. Okay. I'm from Chicago. I was born at Columbus Hospital along Lakeshore Drive back when that existed. And I uh, lived my whole life in the Lakeview neighborhood near the um, diversity stop of the Brown Line. Back in the late 80s, I lived in Lakeview. I was off of School Street and Greenview. Oh, yeah. Back in the rollicking days of before it got gentrified to some degree. Yeah, you lived right by St. Alphonsus. I went to that elementary school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go to church there at St. Alphonsus. And then, of course, there was a great neighborhood and still is along Belmont, uh, a bunch of great clubs. Yes. And Shubas, of course, is Mm -hmm. the, the notable one that has survived. Is that the area where you got going then with your music? How did you become a singer songwriter? So the long story made short, as short as possible, is that my parents were folk musicians in the early 70s. They were introduced when they were 18 by a mutual friend. So they started playing together. They would play at the No Exit and other places, and they were really just a musical group for a while, and then two years later, I came about. So, And then they got married, so I grew up around music, uh, and I never thought that's who I was because that's who they are. I really loved music. I would sing constantly, but I wasn't playing an instrument besides singing for a very long time. I was 30 when I started to play guitar and that came about naturally. I had a coworker who was taking classes at the old town school and recommended it for me. I had a back injury at the time and she said, Oh, Hey, why don't you come out and see this group class I'm in? It'll make you feel better. And I really felt like Hearing all of those guitars in the room, feeling the energy of the music moving through my body, it really was healing. So I signed up for classes and right away had this notion, A, I'm supposed to be doing this, and B, I want to be a singer-songwriter. And all along, I've been coming up with, with melodies and not really thinking about it. Just I in my 20s, before all of this, I would always like every, I don't know, every few weeks I'd hear a melody in my mind on the train and I'd leave a message for myself at work with the melody, (laughs) but I wouldn't ever think of putting words to it or doing anything with it. Even though I love to sing and I was starting to write different songs constantly, it really took being in a group situation for all of that to make sense to me. A lot to think about with the fact that you grew up in a musical family. One of the things about being a singer-songwriter, I always ask, and you answered it already, is do you have that radio playing in your mind? Yeah. That funny radio of your of melodies <laughs> and lyrics, or both, sometimes one or the other, but it's a constant kind of thing. And how interesting that even before you became a musician, you were recording the melodies. Right. On an answering machine, just to have a collection. I would occasionally change positions or just clear out my 
answering machine. So I didn't save any of it. I just had this beginning of a practice and I didn't know how to realize it, but it was there all along. One of the things that you said that I totally agree with, and I want you to expand upon it, is the notion that music is an energy form. Yes. And you found that there at the Old Town. You came there, you had a bad back, and that helped you out of that situation then? It did. I can tweak my back at this point, but the intense issues I was having at that point in my life are gone. The practice of performing music, and I do think of it as a spiritual practice more than anything, that has helped me in so many ways. How do you see it as a spiritual practice? What I've started to feel in the last three years is that it's really sacred. What we're doing up there, we're sharing energy. I tend to play with groups. I tend to play with my band or with an accompanist. And so I'm mainly focused on holding the beat and singing and they're handling the instruments. But you're sharing energy on this really deep level with the group you're playing with and you're putting it out to the room and the audience is feeling it exactly the way you are. And they're also putting out their energy to you. And so you're really communicating in this deep way that we need, that we are all meant to be communicating in. And it feels good. It feels cleansing to get on the same wavelength with other people. And whatever troubles you came in the room with can leave. That's well said. And anybody that gets up on stage, I won't say everybody. But again, somebody that's deeply invested into it, she or he will feel that energy exchange with the audience. And it's an amazing feeling. And you use the word cleansing and it is cleansing in a way. And I think it does give us musicians a little bit of better health. I uh, agree with that. I, I see it. Yeah, I do too. I, it's usually a gigging music, musician such as yourself very rarely do I see them <laughs> get sick. And if they're sick, they still soldier through it somehow if they have to do a gig. Full-time thing for you? No, I work part-time at the University of Chicago. I've been there almost 20 years. So. What do you do? I do graphic design and websites. I've started doing a bit of video editing. And all of that helps me with being a musician, but I hadn't planned it that way. That's just how it happened to be. You're still serving the muse by doing that. Sure. It's it's no coincidence that, again, for the person that's listening and is thinking, how do I make my way as a singer-songwriter? There's no set way of doing it. And it's neat to hear you talking about being a graphic designer, doing the website and doing the the video design. Expand on that a little bit for the listener. Why is that such a good thing? I mean, it seems obvious, but why? Well, in terms of design, you're working with your client or the team that you work with to realize something together and create something that didn't exist. And that's very similar to music. It's a similar collaborative process, but in terms of being a musician representing yourself, you have to have 
graphics and a website. It's better to have these things that you can share that explain who you are in an accurate way that aren't just totally mismatched with your vibe. I hope to create advertisements for my band that are clear in their identity. And I can do that because that's what I do in my day job. It's really something that is the mark of an independent artist, right? You got to wear all the hats. All the hats. You are the Rachel Drew agency. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. uh, with social media, do you ever find yourself saying, man, I just, I, I want to be on a label? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The business side of this is not what I enjoy. I enjoy showing up and playing music and having a nice vibe with the band and then going home and writing songs. And if that was all I had to worry about, that would be what I wanted. But part of the job these days is to sell yourself. And so I do it while holding my nose. I don't like doing it, but you have to do it. It's an era that we're in now where the competition has expanded beyond yeah. comprehension, right? Mm -hmm. So eventually you have to get the tools of the trade for marketing yourself. I think there's no coincidence that you fell into that because it's creative, but it also subliminally mm. reinforces who you are as an artist and what you're doing. For myself, I did marketing for about seven years oh, back in you. the 1800s. <laughs> I looked upon it as part of my finishing school yeah. uh, to get out and uh, promote myself because I felt like there was no way that a label would come knocking at my door. Again, in the 80s, there were a lot of bands who the labels were mean to. They would sure. shelve right. their product and stuff. So I was cautious of, of that way. I always thought, do it yourself. But boy, it's rough. Before you play your second song, let's go right now into uh, getting your website out because probably by the time people hear this podcast, the good news is that you will have a new album out, right? I'll have the first single for my okay. new album out. Yeah. The new album will hit sometime in the spring, okay. but the first single will be this Friday and it's called Summer's Over. And I wouldn't have necessarily put it out right now so far away from the spring but summer is over right now the it's timing seasonal. is perfect yes <laughs> fall equinox just passed us are you a summer kind of person i love the fall really honestly i love the smell of it and halloween and thanksgiving and i love the spring mm -hmm. so yeah i i don't mind summer and i can barely stand winter how about you I'm, I'm a summer person. I just wrote a blog lamenting the fact that we had this cold fall rain. It just came in. Okay, summer's over. Chicago or a maritime city, we forget. Yeah. You know, with the lake, it just enhances any kind of seasonal experience you're having. Can we hear the song you're going to oh, play? Oh, yeah, we can play Summer's Over. So here we are, uh, Summer's Over. And what's the name of the album? The album is Old Sky New. Before you play, just give everybody your website. Sure, it's Rachel Drew, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-D-R-E-W, dot com. Perfect. Rachel Drew, and we're going to listen to her first release on her new album, and it's called Summer's Over. 
summer's over, there was not enough time with you. The grass has withered and the air so landed you. It has gone and taken you away. Summer's over and winter is here to stay. How I miss the world, honeybees. Summer's over, there was not enough time with you. The grass has withered and the air stolen with you. It has gone and taken you away. Summer's over and winter is here to stay. Love is like the young leaves in the trees. Excellent. We're listening to Rachel Drew on our series, The Philosophy of Art, Strong Out. We'll be back after a short little break. And we're back with Rachel Drew. And I'm listening to your voice and you have that Americana feel. That's a very Midwesterny roots mm-hmm. kind of sound. Is that what you're going for? And what's your influences to get you there? Yeah. So... I would say my sound is not very intentional. This is how I came out. Growing up, my mom was listening to a lot of Linda Ronstadt and Steve Goodman and 
that was the soup I cooked in. Meanwhile, my dad was listening to a lot of jazz and blues. And real early on, I remember my dad having me sit down with him at the piano and showing me the blues scale, how to bend notes. I was so little. And he just, he really wanted me to know that. And I remember him doing it. I don't remember what he said, but it's just been part of what I do for so long. I can't not do that. Were you their only child? Yeah. So that was interesting too. Yeah, they were very young. So we grew up together in the same small apartment. They were in college when they got pregnant with me and then moved into their first apartment out of their parents' houses into this place on on George Street, Georgian Seminary. And then they lived there for the next 33 years. Did they stay with folk music? No. My dad got really into classical guitar. So that's mainly what he started doing for the next 15 years. He'd play in bars. He'd play in wine bars. My mom loves music still and still plays, but and so does my dad, but they don't perform. My mom's now a lawyer. She defends people's removal. Uh, she's an immigration lawyer and she's a defense lawyer. And my father uh, does computer networking, which is different than being a musician, but better for him right now. But there's that social yeah. <laughs> aspect tied to it. And really cool about your mom, mm-hmm. uh, were they both socially, social activists, that end of things with music? and Yeah, a, a little bit. My, my parents were teenagers in the 60s, so, or in the late 60s. So they, my father apparently has an FBI file on him. He wasn't a hippie. He was a radical. That's what he likes to say. He had something to do with the socialist newspaper at some point when he was a teenager. And then he's less active now, but he's, but they're very politically aware. My mom has always been in social services. Before she was a lawyer, she uh, helped wards of the state get jobs and, She's always been in in that neck of the woods. These are tumultuous times, and Mm -hmm. I don't mean to put you on the spot at all, but do you think there is a place for expressing yourself politically in music? I do think that there is a place for anything, including that, if it's authentic. I think that if that's what burns in you, if that's what's the, the most deeply inspiring feeling in you, then that's perfect. You should be expressing yourself in that way and not holding back because you you are the right person for someone out there that needs that. And I, if that's not what burns first and foremost for you, it, it would be bad for you to do it. That's my opinion. How do you see yourself in that sort of a spectrum? Are you that kind of person or are you more, let's all come together in this room and have a moment? I will bring things up that are current at shows from time to time, but within my songs, they generally are, they're like afflictions. I am not intentionally beginning any song ever. I used to say that I would walk into songs like a cloud around me, and then I would just try to record or write down what was there in that moment. Or I dream songs, or 
occasionally just a strong feeling will come up and then the song comes out of that right away. I've tried to write political songs and they're not my favorite. I think for me, I've not yet found how to try and write in a successful way. I just have found how to write, but the trying part is mysterious. Expanding on that, your writing style you would phone in melodies way back when. How do you do it now? Do mm-hmm. do you start with a melody or, or do you sit down and say, this new album better have something about X? Yeah, I never have been able to do that. I, I do see that in this album that's coming out, there are a lot of themes that are similar. There's a lot of themes about change and big endings that are just seasons of life. And so summer's over. It's not about summer. And then I have another called Old Friend, which is similar. And it's about knowing something is ending and letting go of it and saying thank you as you let go. Because life is full of change for all of us. And sometimes the change is really fast. And that's what this is all born out of. A lot of these songs are written in quarantine, in started in 2020 or just came out of that energy. Did you find the pandemic to be a positive or a negative for you? It was a period of time that I didn't know I needed. And I I hate to put it that way because it was devastating for so many people. They lost businesses, they lost loved ones, their own lives or just their lives radically changed. But for me, It was this period of a gigantic slowing down to evaluate everything and my, where I was putting the majority of my time, my connections with the people I love the most. And it was so helpful, especially in terms of my relationship with my children. They were just getting to a point where at that point, they were becoming preteens and they were just starting to slip away a little bit and be with their friends mostly. And it was a couple of years to just constantly be with them in a period where they would have been being shaped somewhere else. And they should have been maybe being shaped somewhere else, but it was a great deal of connection, like more than we'd had since they were little. How many kids do you have? Two sons. They're now 13 and 15. Musicians? Musical. I'm not pushing anything on them. The older one has played drums, trumpet, and ukulele, but currently is just pursuing sports. And that's his choice. And But he's very musical. And my younger son is so cute and he's 13. He's like a Viking. He's like a soft Viking. He's just a giant kid and he's warm, but he's always been more interested in drawing, but I hear him come up with melodies constantly. So hopefully at some point he'll find his way. And your husband? Huge fan of music. He's a list maker. He's always putting up mixtapes onto various platforms and He's always been that way. He is always looking for new music. That's 
unusual, I think. People don't always look for new music. And, but he doesn't practice music, but he, it's part of his diet, you know. We could probably talk about just that for a, a whole other podcast, the idea of the need to having those kind of people that are music lovers. Yeah. What is this next tune? Oh, I'll play a song called I'll Never Change, which similar to the way I was talking about writing a song, this just came upon me one day while making soup. And it came out of being worried that the soup was going to take a really long time. So I'll Never Change is really about it. Yeah, I'm not really making this in a timely way. You can't tell from the song, but that's where it, what it comes from. Inspired by homemade soup. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Don't you leave me Why do you stay When everything I do It won't go your way You can try and I can see One day I'll wake up and from this haze You have to know Beautiful. 
We are listening to Rachel Drew here on the Philosophy of Art on Strung Out. We'll be back after this next break. And we're back. And we just enjoyed listening to that song that was inspired by making soup. And (laughs) I think, isn't that the way songwriting goes? You find these little quirky moments. And the next thing you know, you're like, wow, that has such a deeper meaning on on so many different levels. I want to ask you, you are a very busy person because mm-hmm. you you have a, a lot of people following you on Facebook and mm-hmm. you, uh, you also have a site separately for your band, right? Or uh, is it part of one Facebook page? Yeah, it's a it's my musician page, but I mainly play with my band, so it's just one thing. And what do you call your band? Is it the Rachel Drew Band? <laughs> yeah. That's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about things to call the band, but nothing has stuck so far. But we've been playing as this group for a couple of years with, with just these people. Tell us who's in your band. It's John Smansky on guitar. And Kathy Van Wert Menard's been playing fiddle with me. And Jason Batchko, I know from another band. We were both side people in another band prior to this. So I've been playing with him for about five years. He's a drummer. And then Michael Craniac, who you may know from everywhere, he's been playing bass with me for about a year. And he's just such a great energy on stage and really ties it together. Very well-respected bass player in mm-hmm. the city of Chicago. Worked with Lazaretti and mm-hmm. Anna Furman. Another, another person who I play with often and I have for years is Alton Smith, who also plays with Anna Furman. But he's not been in the current lineup of the band in a regular way because he's been quite busy. He is on the album, but it's he's not in the regular. If you book me to play, it's not necessarily going to be with Alton these days. What do you prefer more, going solo or working in the the band situation? I much prefer playing with other people. I've always been that way. I feel like I can just let go and actually really perform in the way you would want when I'm playing with other people, that I'm responding with my voice as in, in a present way, like I can give you an actual live performance if I'm responding to someone musically at the same time. And John Samansky is who I play with mostly at this point as a duo. When I'm asked to do something, I'll see if he can come with me. So you get two for the price of one. Not really, but if you ask for a duo, you'll get us mostly. And he is one of those people who never has a set way of playing the song. He doesn't remember how he did it yesterday. He's just very present and responds. He's not in love with anything he's ever done in the past. So he's always responding and to play with him live, it's always a different performance. And it's, I think, what you want as a listener and a musician. I can see a band probably being a little more freeing in some ways because you have such a beautiful voice and an expressive voice. You're one of those kind of people I could see ditching the guitar and just standing up front and belting it out. Thank you for the nice words. I've done that in the past. I think it helps 
the band if I'm just playing, if I'm just strumming, but I don't necessarily want anyone to, besides the band to hear it. So that's often how the mix goes, that I'm very low in the mix and that's fine. I'm just a texture guitar wise mm-hmm. and then I can go crazy with singing and that's really what I want to be doing. I grew up always being a singer. Yeah. I always told people that was my primary instrument. I'm playing the bass, my second instrument, and then the third is that guitar. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess with the pandemic, I've learned more about I better start hunkering down with Mr. Guitar because when you're a singer-songwriter and you're doing something like this, you got your guitar. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you have your band. But old sky new. Mm -hmm. Very evocative. (laughs) What's all about? that title i sent the band because we've been playing together these songs for a bit and they they're all on the record i sent the band a list of potential titles from song lyrics on the record and that was one of one of the choices old sky new is our three words out of the song when i dream of you you make my old sky new even though it sounds impossible it's just, it's a very hopeful song. So things are changing for all of us, but that's part of life and it's not a bad thing. So Old Sky New. Very cool. Yeah, for me, it, it definitely sounds taking something that was familiar and seeing it in a new perspective, perhaps. Old Sky New, you're catching the unfamiliarity out of something that maybe in the past has been taken for granted. Which is very appropriate coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And this sounds like this album's going to be very much a pandemic-inspired album. Yeah, some of the songs are from before it, but the majority were written during or after the pandemic. I have a lot of songs ready to record, and so we have another album's worth of songs ready right now. And that's something we hope to do over the next year in my garage studio space which we just built a garage and insulated it. And so there will be more pandemic songs. We're not quite past it. I think uh, it's wonderful to come up with a goldmine of these songs from yeah. a time that, like we were saying earlier in this podcast, with your sons. Yeah. This is a treasure in yeah. some ways that was given, especially to artists. Most artists that I talked to pulled themselves up and said, Wow. I'm going to sit around with my guitar and create a bunch of songs. So rightfully so, they should be kept and brought out. And and uh, obviously you have a vast repertoire. Something I found interesting is that I did write a lot during the pandemic because I was home a lot. But it reminded me so much of when my kids were babies and I was home a lot with them. And that was actually my most prolific era where I was writing constantly because I was trapped in a way at home, but like very connected to home. And something about that rootedness for me makes songs. And so once again, being home all the time, I, it felt so similar to that, to when the kids were little and just writing constantly. Mm-hmm. We got a little glimmer into what the future holds. We have a Rachel Drew album coming up at, after Old Sky New. That is already in the dry docks. Where do you want to see yourself? Are you satisfied where you are right now with this? Being a singer-songwriter, you got a band, you got a following, you got an album. Taking in everything. How do you see yourself? 
I've always said that there's no end game for me here, that the journey is the point and what I'm doing is it's such a gift to be able to do this with other people to make art in that ephemeral way that live music is you're creating an ice sculpture that melts within the second the song finishes it's just this transcendental experience it's this practice like it's doing yoga every day your practice is where you have the little kinks and those are the things you're working on so this is for me a practice and if I can make recorded music that can reach beyond Chicago that would be wonderful but I've never really been someone that has, I don't have a vision board or I've never really thought about it in that way. I would love for whatever is meant to happen and not hold it back. Very open to whatever comes down yeah. with the journey. Yep. Good philosophy to have. we got one more song to go. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this last song that you're going to play for us? Okay. It's called Old Friend. It came up very similar, similarly to the others. It came up quite suddenly last September, sitting on the couch. It just fell out of my mind about changes that were happening for me right then. A number of changes. A friend of mine had died right before this, and we had just gone to his funeral and he was our age. Just a lot of life's changes seem to be happening right now for me. So it it was a very bittersweet time of reflection. And that's it was very intense for me at that moment. So the song is really directly out of that. All right. Let's listen to Rachel play that song, Old Friend. Old Friend.
play But you know my old friend I wish things could stay the same I have to tell you my friend I'm glad to see you today Wow, just another fantastically constructed and executed song with a great voice and so much feeling. Want to thank you, Rachel, for being on Strung Out. And folks, again, remember racheldrew.com. We will have some information in the production notes so that you can check her out, get on her Facebook page, follow her on social media, and also Form an orderly queue to get her release. Summer's over in anticipation of the album that's going to be coming out in spring. And that title again is Old Sky New. All right. And I want to thank you once again for listening to Strung Out. And we will catch you next week. Bye-bye.